The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. If you think about it, which I don't, I never did, but like, if you think about it, like when a, a child's been wearing a diaper their whole life and, you know, they pee or poop and it comes out and it stays right up against their body. Mm-hmm. And then you take the diaper away and you ask them to pee or poop in the potty and it comes out and away from their body. Mm-hmm. It's a really different sensation, which a lot of kids, you know, are, are, are a little freaked out about at first. Yeah. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where we firmly believe in the power of education when it comes to giving birth. Tune in each week as we dive into pregnancy-related topics, expert interviews, and a variety of birth stories. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now, here's your host, educator, registered nurse, and fellow mom, Liesl Teen. Hey guys, so raise your hand if you are at all interested in potty training. Is anybody raising their hand? <laughs> um, so potty training is one of those that, I mean, I feel like I feel like you're interested in it, but also not really. So a lot of people dread it. Um, but my kiddo is only 10 months old and I'm already kind of like starting to think about it. I'm just you know, the more diapers that I change, the more I'm just like, oh, I'm just, it would be nice not to do this anymore. (laughs) So today, this episode is all about potty training. I know a lot of you guys are pregnant for the first time, but that potty training stage is going to catch up to you before you know it. I felt like it certainly did with my first one. So with Walter, just background, he was actually like fairly easy to potty train. I waited until he was about two and a half. I'll talk talk about it too in the episode, but I waited till he was about two and a half and I just kind of let him lead, show me that he was kind of ready. We did very gentle kind of techniques um, and we did a couple naked days and he had a bunch of accidents and then we just kept trucking along. I think I didn't have to work for um, like, I don't know, a few days or a week or something. So I just kind of, you know, hung out with him at home and was always near a potty. And it took a few weeks before I wasn't always anxious about going out with him in public, but there was that time frame of, oh my gosh, if you have an accident, this is not going to be good. <laughs> but overall, I would say the experience was very positive. He took to it really, really quickly. So if you are at all interested in potty training, or if you just, you know, want to hear some tips, this is an episode definitely to tune into. Allison came on to the podcast and Allison is a mom just like you. When it came time to potty training her oldest, she was quickly overwhelmed by all the conflicting information available online and was missing the support and guidance she was after. As many of us Uh, can relate with, I'm sure. (laughs) She didn't think it seemed fair for mamas to have to guess their way through potty training. Toddlerhood is challenging enough. Amen. 
So after over 5,000 hours of research, she created Potty Training Consultant, which is a really cool little page, and I started following it not too long ago. Super cool. And she on there has helped thousands of families potty train. She not only just provides a place to get that one-on-one expert support, but a community where moms can come together without judgment, ask the hard questions, and get evidence-based facts that drive potty success. Yay. (laughs) So she's over at Potty Training Consultant on Instagram, and she posts a lot of graphics and just a lot of really, really practical tips. So of course, when I found her account, I said, this will be a great podcast episode. So come on and tell me everything you know about potty training. So without further ado, let's hear from Allison. This episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse podcast was brought to you by Mommy Labor Nurse. I've seen it in the delivery room time and time again. Mamas that complete some kind of childbirth education before they're due have a more positive birth. So then why do less than one third of all moms take a birth class? Probably because so many of the options out there are either way too expensive, super inconvenient, or just don't offer mamas really what they need. That's why I created the Birth It Up online birthing classes. With Birth It Up, you'll gain the in-depth knowledge and confidence you need to have a better birth from the comfort of your own home at a price point that can't be beat. Head on over to mommylabornurse.com backslash courses to find the birth class that's right for you. And now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, Allison. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Can you just start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and where you're from and what your favorite food is or whatever? <laughs> yes, of course. Um, yeah, so my name's Allison. Um, I am the owner and founder of Potty Training Consultants, uh, where we have proudly worked with over 2,000 families to help them get, you know, to help them meet their potty training goals. So um, it's been an amazing, rewarding experience doing this and helping families. Um, I'm also a mom myself. So I have two little ones. They are uh, five and six. I know it sounds close together, but they're 22 months apart. (laughs) Um, So they're just like their birthdays are probably one of them's coming up or something, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, my daughter just turned five a couple weeks ago and my son will be seven in June. So yeah. So almost two years, not quite. Um, yeah. So being a mom has been like my absolute favorite thing in the whole world. So, um, and you know, I realized being a mom that like, we need resources, right? Like we need reliable Mm -hmm. resources to be able to get help and, you know, um, support and things like that. And it's been, um, it's been amazing. So that's kind of how I started with the potty training stuff was, I, you know, I potty trained my own kids, obviously, and realized that, you know, the lack of information out there or, well, it's kind of the opposite, actually, because it's like overwhelming amount of information out there, but you don't know what is reliable information. So yeah. There's like so much, and that's what I've, because my son is four, I have a little one too, but my son is four. So he's potty trained now for a while, but yeah, that's definitely a problem that I faced when I was potty training him as I asked for advice from people and everybody was like, read this book, do this, you know, make sure Uh you don't do this, do that. It was like, there's so (laughs) many things and I'm like, what do I do? So Yeah. yeah. Can you start by like, just, I guess 
telling us if somebody's struggling with that, like what would be your best advice for somebody who's like just completely overwhelmed with everything? Yeah, definitely. It's really easy to get overwhelmed with it. Um, yeah. So <laughs> we always say, you know, like our philosophy here is kind of that, you know, there's no there's no perfect way to potty train. Like there's no one size fits all way that's going to work for every single child. Like it's just, it's not possible because every child is so different. You know, they learn differently. They have different personalities. Um, so my advice would be to, to do a little research and find stuff that, you know, from reliable sources, preferably stuff that's, you know, more science and evidence-based stuff instead of just like, oh, hey, I'm a mom. I'm writing a blog post about how I potty train my kid. You should do it yeah. this way too. Yeah. Um, you know, not not to discount them and their experience, but it's not like, it's not, you know, guaranteed that it's going to work for you. So yeah. try to find some some good guidelines and then think about the way that your child learns and think about their personality and try to tweak those things to, you know, customize it as much as possible so that it works for them. Because yeah. a lot of times when people struggle with potty training, it's not necessarily that the child's not ready or that, you know, that the parent's doing something wrong. It's just that the approach isn't the right way yeah. that, it's going to speak best to the child. So, you know, like if you have a super, a super stubborn child, um, which I think a lot of kids would be classified in that category, especially yeah. around potty training age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd um, say so. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, and that just boils down kind of to a resistance to change. So if yeah. you spring potty training on them all of a sudden, like, Hey, I don't have any plans this weekend. Let's, let's try potty training. And, um, you know, and it just comes at them kind of cold turkey, you're going to be, they're going to automatically put their defenses up and you're going to encounter, you know, some power struggles and things like that. So taking some time to prepare them in advance, like, and, and that sort of thing. So you have to think about how your child handles things. Like how do they handle change? Typically, what do I need to do to, you know, build them up to these kinds of things? And, um, you'll probably have better success that way. Makes sense. Makes sense. So let's answer that question too, of like, what are some of the things let's talk about like signs of readiness. Cause I think a lot of people listening, probably a lot of people listening have older kids too, but a lot of people listening either are pregnant obviously yeah. or have, or like second time moms who have, you know, two or three year olds and like right at this kind of age that where they're sure. starting to kind of think about potty training and, um, looking for signs of readiness. Personally, what I did with Walter, he was two, he was two and a half, I think. Um, okay. yeah, two and a half. So he was, and he was starting to show me that he was ready, but we did exactly what you did. I didn't spring it on him. I, we like talked about it for a couple weeks beforehand and yes. I like put the, and I, and see, I'm just going to tell you what I did. And if it's like, weird, <laughs> you tell me if I did something weird, but I feel like I, I did well. It, it worked for us. So yeah, hey, <laughs> um, we put the potty out and like got the potty out in the bathroom. So he like was familiar with the potty. And then we talked about it for a couple weeks before we actually like started. And then the first day I think we did naked uh, the first couple of days we did naked and he, I mean, he got it really quick. Actually, yeah. I was really, really impressed with him. It was only a few weeks of like where it was anxiety of like, okay, we got to you know, we're out and about and <laughs> I have to make sure I have like 50 
pairs of pants in case you have an accident. And like, if you have, if you have, if you have to go potty, you got to tell me, you know, I'm like constantly asking. Right. It was only a few weeks of that. Yeah. Um, and then he kind of like was, was feeling more confident. Um, and we did like this little train. Uh, he had the, the like this little train chart of like, okay. he, he loves stickers. So like he got a sure. little sticker every time that he, you know, went potty and it, it, that that's what worked for us. Yeah. So, so yeah, let's talk about, um, signs of readiness and like, what are some of those for boys and girls? And then what, um, yeah, what can you do to kind of prepare your kids? Uh, you know, of course, obviously talking to them, but like, what can you do kind of like anticipating that? Okay. It's, it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so first of all, it sounds like you did everything like the way I would suggest. Okay, so good. great job. <laughs> Maybe that's why it works so well. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, true, true. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So, um, signs of readiness that you can look for. Um, so research tells us that, you know, typically kids are, uh, ready or, you know, getting ready to be able to, be capable of potty training at around their two year birthday. So Mm -hmm. kind of right around that 24 month mark is, um, what research tells us is kind of the best time to introduce potty training. Um, and I do find that that tends to work pretty well. You know, obviously there are some kids that are ready a little earlier, some kids that are, you know, ready later or, you know, other circumstances that may be taking place that, you know, don't allow you to, to potty train until later, which is totally fine. Yeah. Um, so some signs that you can look for though, when they're, when they're starting to kind of gear up and be ready for potty training would be things like, uh, the first thing that we usually kind of look for is, uh, staying dry for longer periods throughout the day. Um, so, you know, you may notice that they are, that you're changing diapers less frequently, like, um, you know, if, if they can go for about an hour or so without, mm-hmm. you know, needing to pee, um, then that's a pretty good indicator. They may even start to stay dry for naps or overnight sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, again, that's a huge sign that, you know, their body is starting to biologically become prepared for potty training um, because they're consolidating for longer periods of time. Um, they may hide to poop. That's kind of a big yeah. one that a lot of people go through. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is great, you know, because that shows, that shows awareness, right? So yeah. that shows that they know that they need to go before and they can take action of some sort. So that's true. potentially, yeah. <laughs> potentially instead of going to hide, you know, behind the couch, they could go sit on the potty instead. So that's, yeah. that's another sign that, you know, their bodies are starting to get ready for, uh, to be able to do potty training. Um, they, you know, not necessarily from like a, a potty related perspective, but, uh, you may notice that they're starting to kind of imitate things that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the actions of the actions of, that an adult would typically do like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, wanting to cook dinner or wash dishes or Mm -hmm. walk the dog, fold laundry, like those kinds of things, Mm -hmm. um, is a good sign. Um, being able to understand and kind of apply like simple one to two step directions is, Mm. is kind of crucial because if you don't have, um, you know, some sort of communication, kind of a foundation for communication in place, it's going to be real hard to start potty training. So, you know, they don't necessarily need to be like verbally talking to you like, Hey, I need to use the potty, but 
you know, communicating in some way, like, you yeah. know, via sign language or gestures or visual supports, you know, something of that nature. If they're able to communicate their needs to you in some way, that's kind of what we need to have in place before you start potty training. Um, and a good grasp on their gross motor skills we would like to have in place unless there's some sort of, you know, physical disability or something preventing them from doing so. But things like sitting, standing, walking, um, we want them to be safe while they're on the potty, right? So being able to sit stably and, you know, not have to worry about falling over or, you know, being able to get on and off on their own. So we kind of look for those things and, um, you know, some other potty related things, like maybe they just have a general interest in the bathroom, right? I think most moms would, would agree that, you know, our kids want to follow us into the bathroom when we go. So always, um, always, yeah, (laughs) never, (laughs) never a moment of privacy. Um, Yeah. But so they may start to ask questions about what's happening in there, or they may want to flush the toilet now or put things into the toilet, like all of that kind of stuff you can kind of use to your advantage when introducing talks of potty training, because, you know, their interest is already kind of peaked. So you can use that and, and build on it and turn it into learning opportunities basically. So, um, yeah, so that's what kind of one of the first ways that I recommend introducing the concept of potty training is through modeling, right? So like allowing them to see you go to the bathroom, kind of talking them through the steps of like what you're doing and what happens in there and kind of like what you did when you set the potty out in the bathroom a couple of weeks in advance, Mm -hmm. um, just getting them that exposure and that experience earlier on instead of just springing it on them all at one time, kind yeah. of, it, it makes it less of a big, scary change. Yeah. It like kind of eases it, you know, you're exactly. like kind of putting, putting some things in place. It's like, okay, this doesn't seem so, so scary, bud. Right. right? Cause I think I actually do want to ask you that question. Cause I, I remember like, well, do I remember, or do I remember my parents telling me, <laughs> but like I got potty trained when I was like, three ish, like going towards four. Like I was like fully, you know, I knew I could hold my bladder. Like it was that, but I was afraid of the potty of the toilet and everything. So I know that's a big issue that a lot of, of a lot of kids face. So do you have any advice on that? Yeah, definitely. And that's, you're right. It's something that's really common. And a lot of, um, you know, a lot of kids are, are, are afraid of the potty and it's, it's, there's a lot of sensory stuff happening there if you think about it, you know? So, um, and it's stuff that they've never necessarily encountered before. So it, it it may bring out some, you know, kind of hypersensitivities that you never even knew that they had until you start potty training. So, um, there's a lot of cold surfaces and hard things and, um, loud noises and, Mm -hmm. um, different, you know, different sensations as far as, um, you know, if you think about it, which I don't, I never did, but like, if you think about it, like when a a child's been wearing a diaper their whole life and, you know, they pee or poop and it comes out and it stays right up up against their body. Mm -hmm. And then you take the diaper away and you ask them to pee or poop in the potty and it comes out and away from their body. Mm -hmm. It's a really different sensation, which a lot of kids you know, are, are, are a little freaked out about at first. Yeah, um, that and makes understandably sense. so, yeah, if you think about it. Yeah. Um, 
like what's going on in their little heads. But yeah. um, so, and, and then accompany that with the new experience of the potty and there's this chair you sit on that has a big hole in it with like water inside. And yeah. um, <laughs> like, if you think about it from a little kid's perspective, it, it can be kind of scary, not yeah. to mention all the changes that go along with it, right? Like the yeah disruption to your routine. And, um, it's, it's, it's a lot for their little heads. And you're just wearing different things now. It's like, yeah, even though underwear is typically a little more comfortable than a diaper, but yeah, it's, it's a lot, a lot of changes. You're right. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So if you think about that really, and then the the earlier you start introducing like positive associations with the Mm -hmm. potty and, you know, even just peeing or pooping in general will help you in the long run. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, even when you're changing your little one's diaper, like try to avoid saying things like, oh man, you had a really stinky poop today. Uh Um, or, oh man, let's get that dirty diaper off of you. Like say things like, wow, that was a really big poop. I bet your belly feels so much better now. Like, Uh You know, things like that. Like you want to keep it positive because um, like when I was growing up, you know, poop was kind of something like taboo. Like you didn't really talk about it, you know, like it's something you kept private. And um, I think that kind of carries over into our parenting style unintentionally, like not you know, we don't intend for it to be taken as negative, but our kiddos hearing these like kind of negative words associated with pooping. And then they might get this idea in their head that pooping is a bad thing. And um, yeah, so actually there, there were some studies done a few years ago that showed that, you know, if you start incorporating positive talks of pooping and using the potty from an earlier age, it actually can shorten the overall amount of time it takes you to potty train. So, um, so who, who wouldn't want to do that? Right. (laughs) Like it's a pretty, it's a pretty easy change that you can make, but we don't always realize that we're even doing anything, you know, detrimental necessarily. So, um, so that can be really helpful and just, you know, making everything really positive and really fun and playful will help speak more to your child's level than just being like super instructional or having like really high expectations for them when they first get started. So definitely a gradual approach. Keeping it positive and fun is best. I love that. And I, I, that makes so much sense now as you're talking about the positive talk, because think about like how many kids also have issues with constipation and like, you know, having issues with like not wanting to go, maybe it's more, they're like looking at pooping in like a very negative way. Yeah. That can happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I did have one question while you were talking um, before we get on to like the next kind of topic. Do you have any opinions on the potties that are like go on top of the toilet versus potties that are, you know, everybody know like a tiny little toddler potty? Sure. Um, Yeah, actually, um, it's a really great question. A lot of parents have the same question. So I'm glad you asked. Um, So I usually recommend if you can, it's kind of personal preference, but I recommend typically starting with a bit of a combination of both if you can. Um, so it's great that, cause you can take advantage cause each of them have their own unique pros, you know, that you can take advantage of both. So, um, like the small floor potty is really great. I love it. Especially if your child's like on the younger or more petite side of the spectrum, because it's just less intimidating than the regular toilet, right. For a little kid at first. Um, also it's, it's super convenient because you can keep it with you wherever you happen to be in the house. You know, you don't necessarily have to worry about like being convenient 
confined to the bathroom or uh, right near the bathroom the whole time you're potty training. Just keep that little potty kind of within within arm's reach, mm-hmm. and you're setting like you're setting them up for more successes, right? Because mm-hmm. you can just kind of grab the potty and, exactly, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. And your kid will appreciate that too because it won't be as big of an inconvenience. Like yeah. they don't necessarily have to like leave the whole room or whatever yeah. in order to stop and go potty. Yeah. Um, and they can get on and off of it by themselves, which a lot of kids appreciate having, you know, that control and that independence. So that can be really helpful. Um, but then also partnering that with some exposure to the toilet itself, you know, you can get like the little seat reducer or the, you know, little inserts that sit on top of the toilet to make it more stable and safe for your child to be sitting there on their own and giving them some exposure that way will help in that transition to them using the potty places other than home. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, obviously because they're not going to have small floor potties everywhere you go. So if you go to grandma's house or, uh, to daycare or, you know, the park or something like that, you're not necessarily always going to have access to that small floor potty. Mm -hmm. So the earlier you can, you know, get them some exposure with the toilet, the easier it makes that transition from potty to toilet, you know, in the long run. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. No, I know. I think what we did was I, I think my mom had the one that sits on the toilet, but Mm -hmm. we always had the little floor potties. And then once he got big, he, he like just kind of naturally graduated from that one to like, he's like, no, I just want to like sit on the toilet and I'll just like hold, you know, and then he's obviously (laughs) took a little time. We can talk about boys too, because I want to talk about boys versus like peeing standing and versus peeing like sitting down because we talked, we did that as well. And he tried, um, we tried peeing sitting down for a little while and he was not super into it. So he just he was very independent. He was like, sure. wanted to do his own thing. Um, but there was a time he's now tall enough where, I mean, he's four. So he just like, I don't have to watch him at all. Like he wipes his own butt. He does everything independent. On his yeah, <laughs> It makes it very easy. It's the best feeling, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. It's very like, just, yes. Yes. <laughs> very nice for, for mom and dad. Um, but there was, there was a lot of time where he was too short to like, pee into the <laughs> into the yeah. bowl so like mommy had to either if we were at home we had our little stool but like if we we're out I had to like stand and he would like stand on my feet and uh-huh. like go potty yeah so that's a trick for a boy for boys eventually got <laughs> tall enough where he could go right. um you know without me but yeah we had that issue for a little bit but I want to talk about yeah like sitting versus standing with boys and that process because I think a lot of people have issues with that. And like, yeah, we tried, we tried the Cheerio thing and that didn't really work. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk about that. <laughs> sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, so typically we recommend, um, just to avoid like an extra layer of confusion for them. We yeah. recommend starting off with sitting just because it tends to be easier. You know, they don't yeah. necessarily have to make the distinction right off the bat if, you know, they need to sit to poop or do I just need to pee right now? Like, so keeping it as simple as possible in the beginning tends to be easiest um, and the best results. But there are a lot of little boys out there that, um, like you said, are very independent or, um, you know, they just, they see daddy doing it that way or, um, you know, it's just, you know, something that little boys tend to be drawn to and something that they want to do. So I usually recommend kind of doing like kind of what you did, like waiting until they're a little bit 
older and bigger so that they can, you know, you don't have to worry about them climbing up onto something in order to go, um, or that they can just reach kind of naturally on their own. Yeah. And, and be able to pee standing up that way. And I find, you know, it just kind of keeps everybody's stress levels down a little bit more because let's be honest, I have a boy too. So when they first start peeing, standing up, it's messy. <laughs> like it's, messy. Yes. it's messy anyway, but like once you add in the standing up to pee layer, yeah. it's like, you know, you've never cleaned a bathroom so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Very true. Um, but yeah, so definitely something that they can kind of do in their own time. And most boys will transition, like you'll start to notice them wanting to, to do that more and more on their own anyway. Uh, it's a really great way for, you know, a great thing for like dad to work with them on or, you know, another, another trusted male. I got boys (laughs) like, uh, uh, Brian, you got, you got this. I mean, I helped obviously, but like once it, once it came to that, he was, he was very much in charge. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So typically it's best to, to start off sitting and then you can kind of, you know, make that transition later on. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. All right, that baby crying means that it is time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. All right, this Birth It Up Baby is by, her handle is Jamie Shore. I think that's how you say her name. She submitted it a few weeks ago. She said, hi, Liesl. I wanted to share my baby girl for Birth It Up Baby Day. Woohoo. <laughs> my husband and I took your natural labor course and your newborn basics course, and I am so thankful that we did. I had my little one on January 5th, and your course helped me feel confident and prepared going into my labor and delivery. I can't thank you enough. I remember thinking, she's crazy when you kept saying in the course you wanted us to get excited for labor. But now at seven weeks postpartum, I keep thinking, I want to do that again. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so thanks for, thanks to Jamie for submitting that birth it up baby. How cool. Um, but yeah, I she's right. I do say that a lot. Um, that is a feeling that I want you guys to feel by the end of your course that you are prepared and you're excited actually for labor, if you can believe that. So if you want to take the same courses that Jamie took, you can head over to mommylabornurse.com. She took the Birth It Up The Natural series and she also took our newborn basics course. So if you head over there, you will see both of those. All right, let's get right back into this week's episode. So I wanted to ask you, I have two boys. So I think it's going to be somewhat knock on wood easy when it comes time to potty train my little boy because I have an older boy and he's very, you know, my older one is like very, very good with Ryland. Um, But what about with different genders? If you have a little girl and then you have a little boy potty training a different sex um, or vice versa, you have a boy and like standing up to pee versus like sitting, what? Do you have any advice for parents who have like two different genders and like how to tackle that with with a second child? Sure. Um, Yeah. So I I think there's kind of a lot of, you know, myths and misconceptions out there when it comes to, you know, potty training boys versus girls and um, that girls are easier to potty train and boys are harder. Boys train later and Mm -hmm. all of this stuff, um, which 
let's give our little boys some credit. You know, yeah. it's not necessarily, <laughs> that's not necessarily true. Yeah. Um, I have actually a very split 50, 50 percentage of girl clients versus boy clients. Um, my, you know, I, my personal experience is kind of the, the, actual proof that that's not true because my boy was super easy to potty train yeah. and my daughter was kind of the opposite. Like she, yeah. she had her own struggles, you know? So, um, so don't stress over like, Oh, I have a boy. It's going to be so much harder for me to potty train. That's not necessarily your fate. Right. So yeah. like, um, the, the difference I think between boys versus girls, which is very, very small, like there really isn't that much of a difference between potty training a boy versus a girl. Um, you, you more so have to think about their personality and, you know, how they handle, you know, like I said, kind of in the beginning, like how they handle change and, um, you know, do they like to be in charge of things or are they more laid back like that, you know, that they're able to adapt to things more easily. Um, so that's kind of more so what you should be thinking about as opposed to, uh, as opposed to gender. Mm-hmm. obviously with, um, actually, believe it or not, girls are just as messy as boys when it comes to potty training. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and, uh, but you know, you don't have that added layer of like having the girls to stand up, but you do have the added layer for girls because you have to teach them to wipe for peeing and pooping. Yeah. So it kind of balances out. Like it's, it's not like that there's one that's harder than the other. It's just, it's, it's just different. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so ultimately you don't really have to worry about um, like, oh, I have a boy already. And, you know, he was so easy to potty train. What, you know, do I do the same thing when it comes to my daughter or how am I going to work that? Because boy versus girl, um, really, it doesn't matter. Like really, you don't have to, um, be thinking about it from a gender standpoint. Like I said, yeah. kind of want to focus on, um, just their personalities. Cause like, for example, my son and my daughter, they have very different personalities. Like my son is very easygoing. He's very laid back. Like he doesn't, you know, he doesn't care. So obviously he was easier to potty train because he took to that change more easily. Like when I was like, Hey buddy, let's try the potty. He's like, yeah. all right, cool. Yeah. Um, and then my daughter is kind of the opposite, even though we started potty training her around the same age. Um, but she's very independent, you know, she's very independent and very sassy and like, she wants to do things her own way and, um, she has to be in charge. So that made the the process a little bit more challenging because you have to figure out ways of, you know, of, of giving them some control while Mm -hmm. you're still kind of sailing the ship kind of thing. So ultimately the personality is kind of what what directs how your process is going to go more so than just, just the gender. That makes total sense. No, I love that answer. I mean, that that's, and I'm thinking about my little one now. Um, and he's a, he's much more, um, he'll tell you when he's at uh, Walter was much more easygoing, very yeah. independent, but much yeah. more easygoing than right. Rylan's very like, I will tell you if I'm mad right oh, yeah. now or yeah. I'll tell you if something's going on with <laughs> uh-huh. me right now. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's like a second child thing or what it is, but I I find that, you know, and not to scare anybody out there or anything, I do find that like usually the the potty training experiences between first child and second child tends to be kind of opposite. So, um, I mean, and there is no scientific basis to that at all. So like I said, not trying to scare anybody, but, um, yeah, that, I don't know why that tends to happen, but it can. So 
I mean, that's, I mean, why, that's what, why there's no one size fits all way to do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, cool. Well, let's talk about kind of started talking about a little bit, but let's talk about accidents and like, okay. I'm sure that I, I probably can already guess your answer for this, but like when it comes to accidents, I'm assuming that we want to keep it very positive. Right. So do yeah. you have any tips? Cause there's going to be a lot of accidents. I mean, there's yes. just no ifs, ands or buts. Like when it comes to potty training, it's, it's going to happen. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and it's going to happen a lot. It's going to happen in public. It's yep. going to happen at home a lot. It's just going to happen. So yes. do you have any tips on, I guess, being positive with accidents, how to talk to them about accidents and then like tips on public accidents. Um, sure. And just accidents in general. Yeah. <laughs> how to deal with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunately, yeah. Accidents is part of the process and, um, I get it. Like, I know that that's like the most frustrating part of potty training is worrying about having to deal with, you're already cleaning up enough mess as it is during the day. And then, you know, add in potty accidents on top of it is super stressful. Um, but accidents actually promote learning. So, you know, I always try to, you know, get parents to think about it from that perspective that, um, you know, it's never your child's fault when they're first, you know, starting to learn potty training. We all make mistakes when we're learning something new, right? Even as adults. So, um, but the good thing is that, you know, when, when we do make a mistake, when we do have an accident, our brains are starting to work to make new connections and make new pathways to prevent us from doing that again in the future. So that's kind of actually how, how we learn is through yeah. making mistakes. So, um, so if you think about it from that perspective, um, I think it helps put a little bit more of a positive spin on it. I know it's frustrating, um, but yeah, so you do want to keep it very kind of um, very simple. You know, you don't want to be negative, obviously, you know, no scolding or shaming or um, anything like that. It's not helpful. Um, You know, we just really want to kind of pour all of our attention into their positive potty behaviors, like all of the successes that they have really put most of our focus on that. And then when they have an accident, you know, you just want to kind of keep it very simple, um, very matter of fact, um, kind of neutral tone, you know, like, oops, you peed on the floor. Remember, we're putting our pee in the potty now. So next Mm -hmm. time, let's put our pee in the potty. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just something, something very low key like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you're reiterating, you know, what happened and then what to do next time or how to correct it. And it's helping them learn. So, so that's basically what you want to do for an accident. Just keep it very simple. Um, And if you're giving them a lot of attention and, you know, positive energy and hugs and, you know, celebrations and rewards and stickers and things like that for their successes that they have in the potty, then they're quickly learning that, okay, this, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what, you know, mom and dad want me to do. And, uh, and then they, if, if accidents were to become more of an attention seeking behavior or something like that, which can happen sometimes. Um, but they're seeing that, you know, they're only getting attention for, putting pee in the potty. They're not Mm -hmm. getting attention for, you know, peeing in their pants. So Mm -hmm. that kind of helps make that, make that association with this is what we want them to do. And this is kind of what they should be avoiding doing. So, um, definitely keeping it very simple and matter of fact is, um, is kind of the best thing, just kind of address the situation, clean them up and then move on from there and, you know, not dwell on it. Great. I love it. And what about tips for, 
being in how about we talk about like tips for being in public yes (laughs) in your potty (laughs) training um and then like tips for accidents in public yeah totally um okay so first of all try to have some realistic expectations when you first venture back out in public you know accidents are pretty likely um even you know Try to, I usually say if you're about to start a really distracting activity and your child hasn't peed in a while, try to, you know, encourage them to sit on the potty before you start that um, because their little brains will get so involved in their activity that (laughs) (laughs) exactly, you know, they're not necessarily thinking, oh, wait, I'm not wearing a diaper anymore. I have to go sit on the potty. Mm -hmm. Nope. They're just used to that, you know, automatic muscle memory, that automatic release. Um, so by kind of setting them up for more success and, and having them go before you start something, you know, super kind of distracting and stimulating can be really helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, I usually recommend to keep a potty with you in the car. Like if you're Mm -hmm. traveling out somewhere, uh, especially with COVID times right now, you know, we don't necessarily want to, um, venture into public bathrooms if we don't have to. Yeah. Um, so having a small potty with you and letting your child know that you have it. So that way they feel like, you know, they feel like they have a, they have an outlet, they have, you know, something that they can use and just kind of walk them through how it's going to go. Like, okay, buddy, if you feel like you need to go potty, I've got it right here in the car. So just tell mommy and I'll stop the car and you can go. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, don't just assume that they will know what to do when you're out. Uh, so ha- kind of walking them through that initially and giving them some advance, um, like advance notice can help. And then, you know, when you're out, unfortunately, accidents are probably going to happen at some point, but you know, you, you definitely want to have a change of clothes with you. I usually say to like make a potty training survival kit. So <laughs> like change out all the stuff that you had in your diaper bag and put, you know, instead of diapers and wipes and, you know, creams and stuff like that, like put, extra changes of clothes, like at least two changes and then some extra underwear. Um, you want to have, um, obviously, you know, some wipes on hand to wipe them up if they mm-hmm. have an accident. Um, like some absorbent cloths are helpful to have. So like a burp cloth or a cloth diaper or something like if, mm-hmm. if they have an accident, you need to wipe up a puddle from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, like some, diaper disposal bags or like even like the dog poopy bags that you Mm -hmm. can use to put um, like their wet clothes in to keep everything separated from the dry stuff is helpful. If you go into, you know, public bathrooms, you know, those automatic flushers, like the automatic flushers. Yes. (laughs) Very loud and potentially very traumatizing for a newly potty training toddler. Um, so I do recommend, you know, either you can use like a piece of toilet paper or something to cover up the sensor, but I find like a little sticky note is really helpful. Like you can just get the miniature sticky notes and slap one of those over top of that sensor. And, um, that way the toilet won't flush until you're ready for it to flush. And, you know, you don't have to worry about your kid getting freaked out by that. I mean, I feel like it's traumatic. Like when I'm sitting yeah. in the toilet with those automatic ones and it just go and you're like, I'm not done. <laughs> like, stop. It's awful. I know. Yeah. Like it's really, really bad. So, um, and, and public bathrooms are kind of overwhelming 
exhausting enough as it is yeah. for, for a little one. So, yeah. um, especially, you know, if you can kind of remove that element of it, then it helps to make for, you know, kind of an easier experience for everybody. And then, you know, too, whatever you you're using a potty train at home, kind of keep that with you to keep that consistency across the board. So if you're giving them a certain reward at home, you know, keep some of those with you for their potty successes in the car or, you know, when you're out and about, um, if there's a certain book that maybe they like to read while they're sitting on the potty, bring that with you, Mm -hmm. um, those kinds of things. So just basically overall trying to keep it as consistent as you can, um, between different environments is ultimately what's, what's going to help them to continue to have that success, even when you're not at home. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, I have one last question for you and it's a hard question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) how do you feel there's this now like move? Well, it's not really a movement, but I've seen that people are starting trying to potty train like their babies. Um, so how do you feel about that? And like, um, what's going on with that? (laughs) That's my hard question. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. So so that, um, you know, movement, I guess you could kind of, you, you could kind of classify it like that, yeah. um, is it's called elimination communication, mm-hmm. um, or EC for short. And so it's a practice that's kind of adapted from like far Eastern cultures usually, okay. um, okay. are who practice this. So it's basically, um, it's something that can be done from birth, believe it or not. Um, and, and some families, in some cultures do do that, Mm -hmm. uh, where they will. So it's not potty training per se, because obviously a little baby can't take themselves to the potty. Right. Um, but so what, what will happen is the caregiver, usually the mom, Mm -hmm. um, will be able to kind of watch for the baby's cues. Um, so, you know, their facial expressions might change a certain way, their behaviors or body language might be a certain way. Um, to know that they need to pee or poop. Um, And then they can potentially, um, you know, train them to pee and poop at specific times or based on certain signals. Um, So a a mom might hold their child over a small potty or vessel or something Mm -hmm. or over a sink even And they can make some sort of signal like um, a humming sound or a whooshing sound or something. And that kind of triggers the baby to know to release their pee or poop at that time. And it's really interesting, actually. (laughs) Um, And, you know, a lot of families do have success with it. It hasn't really shown to... um, necessarily improve your actual potty training. Cause you yeah. still kind of have to go through that phase at some point, right? Got it. Like you still okay. have to have, you still have to be using diapers in the interim, you know, uh, like yeah. if you're, if you're out and about, like you yeah. might not always be able to, to catch those cues and, yeah. and stuff. So, um, so there is still potty training that needs to take place. Um, but there are some moms that really love it. It's a really cool thing. You know, um, I will say it's, it's very, um, it's very time consuming, you know, Sounds like it, yeah. if, if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's definitely not for everybody, but, yeah. um, but I think it's pretty cool. You know, the people that, the people that want to do it, I mean, more power to them because, yeah. uh, you know, the, the environmental impact that diapers have is, it's not the best. So right. I think, you know, if there are people out there that want to practice that and we can put less diapers into the environment, then I think that that's great. 
go for it if you have the time for it. Like, hey. Yeah, it's pretty cool, you know? And I don't think it's, you know, there's no harm from doing it or anything like that. So like, even if you you did it and you decided like, hey, I I don't have time for this anymore or whatever, you'll just be like the rest of us potty training. But, uh, you know, when your kid's two or three years old, but it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's definitely different, but it's, it's something that can be done for sure. Interesting. Well, thank you for <laughs> educating me about that. Now, now sure. I'm intrigued about it. I'm not sure that I will start my eight months right, right. on it, but it's very interesting to me. So that's I how I feel too. Yeah. yeah. Not for me, but it's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought it was more of like you're potty training your baby. And I'm like, I don't under but that makes sense that you're saying you still kind of have to potty train when they're like two or right. you know two-ish. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, Allison, thank you so much for joining me today. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you on social media or if they want to have a consult with you or just tell us where we can find you anywhere on the internet? Sure. Um, yeah. So Instagram is probably the best place that you can find me. I've got a lot of free tips and resources over there on my page. Um, and it's just at potty training consultant. Cool. And then uh, my website also is potty training If you wanted to um, explore options for a consultation or my online courses, um, you can find all those there. And um, oh, also, can I talk about my my new book that's coming out real quick? Yes, um, yes, yes. Tell us all about it. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I wrote um, a new children's book kind of based on what we talked about a little bit earlier about the positive associations with pooping on the potty mm. um, to help uh it's, it's such a, it's almost an epidemic of like so many kids that struggle with pooping on the potty. Once you start potty training, it's kind of a whole beast in itself. Um, so the book is called, how do you poo? And it's a children's book that kind of, um, it it addresses that, right? So it encourages, um, kiddos to think about their poo in a positive way. And, uh, and, you know, it talks in very simple kid terms, like what poo is and where it comes from Mm -hmm. and, you know, all the different ways that it can be like, um, you know, it can be, um, like long or short, or, you know, it can be different colors or different shapes and it encourages them to like, look at it so that like, it encourages them to put it in the potty so that they can look at it and check it out and how it's actually a good thing. And it's healthy for us to be doing that. So, um, yeah, so that'll be out this summer. If anybody wants to check it out, you can pre pre pre-order that on my website now. Very cool. So you got, you can help, you got potty training, courses and potty training stuff on your Instagram and you have a positive poop book. That's right. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. Thanks so much. I had a great time. Thanks. All right, guys, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and letting me be a part of your motherhood journey. It is truly an honor. If you like what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And I love hearing what you guys think of the podcast. So if you're liking what you hear or you have a suggestion, I'd be so grateful if you'd go ahead and leave me a review wherever you're listening to help more mamas just like you find the show. That's it for this week on the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. What do you think? Are you starting to feel a little more confident about your pregnancy and birth? Well, if you want more, be sure to head on over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast for today's show notes and a library of episodes so you can keep getting educated before your upcoming birth. And while you're over there, be sure to check out the blog and learn about our online birth classes. Find it all and more over at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. See you next week. Same time, same place.